key things I came away with were pretty simple. One, take things a day at a time. And two, be mindful. You're listening to the latest dose of Bipolar Recorder. This podcast may cause dizziness and blurred vision. Enjoy. My name is Hunter Keegan. It's such a pleasure to have you here today. We've been continuing to operate a lot in the intergalactic Twitter space universe lately. I've been hosting lots of discussions on Twitter spaces about all things mental health related, but it's been a couple of weeks since the last actual, you know, podcast. For today's installment, I have some updates about where I'm at with my own mental health right now. I've got some updates about my medication decrease and recovery from my major depressive episode. I'll also talk about some self-care strategies I've been practicing. This one isn't going to be very lengthy. It's just kind of a general update on how things have been going since the medication change. It has now been about seven weeks since I began reducing the dose of the antipsychotic medication I take. It's a newer medication called Vralar, and for the last couple of years, I felt like it had been helping me out quite a bit. If you want to hear the full story behind how that decrease ultimately transpired, be sure to check out installment 34 of the podcast. But as a quick recap... After my crisis event in November, covered in the 29th installment to this show, my psychiatrist increased the dosage of my Vralar in an attempt to help me stabilize more quickly. And within a couple of weeks of the increase, I began noticing symptoms of tardive dyskinesia. Tardive dyskinesia, also sometimes called TD, is a neurological side effect of antipsychotic medication that some people encounter. Basically, it causes uncontrollable movements in your tongue, mouth, and face. It can also cause shaky hands and other loss of fine motor control. It's really weird and disturbing to experience. In my case, my tongue wouldn't stop moving around in my mouth, and I was constantly pursing my lips and gnashing my jaws. After a few weeks of this becoming increasingly intense, I decided it was time to back off of Raylar. Well over a month has passed since I began tapering down off my dosage of Raylar. I've been doing this without my psychiatrist's supervision because he was unexpectedly out of the office due to a personal medical emergency in mid-January. On that note, I actually recently got a call from my psychiatrist's office 
thankfully saying that he survived the emergency and will be back toward the end of February. So I'm going to be meeting with him again within the next few weeks to recap what's been going on. I don't imagine he'll be thrilled that I made this change without his blessing, but you gotta do what you gotta do. It's never great to make medication adjustments on your own, but the tardive dyskinesia symptoms were becoming so pronounced that I simply couldn't spend any more time messing around with it. Keep in mind, I didn't completely discontinue the Vralar, I just reduced the dose. So I'm still on antipsychotic medication, just not as much as I was taking in December and early January. Now, going on two months later, how am I feeling? What's it like living on a lower dose of antipsychotic medication? Well, dare I say it, I've been feeling great, and not in a manic sort of way. I just feel genuinely good. A couple weeks after decreasing the dose, my weird tongue and mouth twitching stopped. I've noticed that if I drink caffeine, they come back, but they're not nearly as bad as they were before. Furthermore, the major depression I experienced over the autumn and early winter months has fully lifted. I think this has less to do with the decreased Vralar and more to do with the passing of time. One of the first major indicators that the depression was lifting is that I'm back to sleeping regularly for the first time in six months and I no longer feel completely fatigued and lethargic throughout the day. Seeing as previous to that, I had been getting maybe two to three hours a night, sleep was definitely the number one thing I needed. It's so hard to tell what made me start getting better sleep. Do you want to know something really wild that you don't hear very often? Sometimes depression just sort of fades at least in my experience. When I have severe major depressive episodes like the one I just came out of, they last for months at a time, and I'll really be hating life, but my mind slowly, slowly begins recalibrating itself. I wish I could tell you something like, oh, I started doing more aromatherapy or another type of self-care exercise, and that's what helped me sleep but I still can't pinpoint it. Time heals all wounds, as the saying goes. My sleep improved slowly over the course of a couple of weeks. I began sleeping four consecutive hours, then five hours, then six hours, and now I'm averaging about seven to eight hours a night. I can't believe how much better I've been feeling. After I began getting better rest, I felt more motivated to begin making positive lifestyle changes. I started by preparing a full breakfast each morning to energize myself for the day ahead. Instead of resorting to smoothies, which I had been overly relying on throughout my depressive episode, I'm now cooking eggs, bacon, and toast to start the day with. Delicious! But I didn't stop there. I began getting in the habit of setting aside some time for a light lunch each afternoon, followed by a healthy dinner in the evening. 
These more substantial meals give my body the fuel that it needs to function properly, and this helps me feel less shitty and more stable. Now that I had accomplished sleeping and eating properly, I began incorporating light exercise into my daily routine, too. I started taking long walks around my neighborhood, nothing too crazy, just a little under two miles a day, and as embarrassing as this sounds, I'm currently so out of shape that these walks were actually a bit of a challenge at first. My legs would even get sore. That's what happens when you get accustomed to living a sedentary lifestyle for prolonged periods of time. Sleep, diet, and exercise. Hmm, that certainly sounds familiar. It's almost like those three core things have massive impacts on your overall functioning. But yeah, I've been feeling way better over the last few weeks. My days no longer feel gloomy and listless. I feel alert and grounded. More present, I guess. I don't want to sound preachy here. This isn't really a self-help podcast. I don't believe in trying to tell you how to live your life. I'm just sharing what's going on with me and what my own observations are. Here's something interesting that happened as I began to feel physically and mentally better. My alcohol cravings came back. Ironically, I think this is because I've been feeling more energized lately and subsequently have been feeling a bit bored. When I get bored, my mind feels like it wants to get fucked up. So this isn't really ideal. Earlier in January, I passed seven years of alcohol abstinence, and my goal is to stay abstinent. When I started having bad cravings again, I reached out to a couple of dudes in my network who have decades of sobriety under their belts. They gave me a safe space to vent about my struggles, and they provided me with some feedback. The key things I came away with were pretty simple. One, take things a day at a time, and two, be mindful. Taking things a day at a time is a classic statement in recovery circles, and it's important because abstaining from anything is difficult, let alone an actual addiction. If you'd approached me in 2016 and asked me to stay away from alcohol for seven years, I'd never think I could do it. But by setting small goals, I managed to turn the days into weeks, into months, into years. Now, unfortunately, over those years, as I got further and further into recovery, I thought that it was no longer something I had to put daily effort into. And I think that's why I started deviating down a dangerous path last year. While I never relapsed on alcohol during that period, as a lot of you know by now, in the months immediately leading up to the crisis in November, I was abusing other substances, such as nitrous oxide and clonopin. I was also excessively using marijuana. I was no longer putting that daily effort into true harm reduction. I was just using other substances as placeholders for alcohol. Anyway, yes, a day at a time is what I've been reminding myself of lately. 
setting those short-term obtainable goals, such as let's not drink just for today, rather than let's not drink for the rest of my life. Those short-term goals will build off of each other and lead to major long-term achievements. Now, what about being mindful? Well, being mindful is critically important too. The American Psychological Association defines mindfulness as, quote, awareness of one's internal states and surroundings. They go on to state that mindfulness can help people avoid destructive or automatic habits and responses by learning to observe their thoughts, emotions, and other present moment experiences without judging or reacting to them. It's an important part of substance use recovery and overall wellness, and it goes hand-in-hand with meditation, personal reflection, and other elements of a sound mind and body. In order to increase my mindfulness, and at my therapist's recommendation as well, I've started keeping a daily journal again, writing my thoughts and feelings down and then reading back through them about once a week to track how I've been doing has been a great exercise that allows me to examine my patterns of thought and track my moods very closely. Another thing that helps me stay mindful is using grounding techniques. Grounding techniques are for helping you stay grounded in the moment and in your environment, rather than letting you drift away in your head. There's a very simple grounding technique that I use. I'm not sure if it has an actual name, but I just call it the countdown. It's easy, and you can do it anywhere. The way it works is you just look around and identify five things you see, then four things you physically feel, three things you can hear, two things you can taste or smell, then finally you end the countdown with one positive affirmation or a statement that makes you feel happy. Something like, I'm a good person who is going to thrive. So for example, if I'm sitting outside on my back patio, I might identify the trees in my backyard, the bark on the trees, the leaves on the ground, the roots that anchor the tree trunks to the earth, and the brilliance of the sunlight reflecting off the forest. Then I'd turn my attention to those physical feelings, identifying the way my back feels in the chair I'm sitting in, the texture of my shirt, the coolness of the breeze, and the watch band wrapped around my wrist. Then I'd dial into the sounds, the chirping of the birds, a car's engine in the distance, and the bristling of leaves in the forest. Two things I could taste or smell perhaps would be the crisp, fresh air and the aftertaste of the soda I drank a few minutes ago. Then, finally, I'd say something to myself like, I have overcome many challenges and will continue to live my best life. I find grounding techniques to be meditative, but easier to utilize than traditional forms of meditation. One last thing I'll quickly mention is that I've been back on the dating scene. I don't really know anyone in my new town yet, and I work from home full-time, so this has brought me back to my all-time favorite thing ever, 
Dating apps, just kidding, dating apps are the worst. But they're really the best option for me right now. I've been going out for casual dates, nothing serious so far, but enough to make me feel less socially isolated and meet new people. I've been having the most luck with the app Hinge, if anyone's wondering. As we move further into 2023, I'm hoping that my health continues in this positive, stable direction. It might not. You never really know with bipolar disorder. So I'm just going to take the days as they come and continue adapting to the unique challenges that this life presents. Thanks for listening to this installment of the podcast. Like I said, this one is on the shorter side today. I mostly wanted to let people know how I've been doing since pretty much all of autumn was doom and gloom. I'm on Twitter at H.H. Keegan. Bipolar Recorder is on Twitter at Bipolar Recorder. I'm continuing to utilize Instagram. I've been posting short videos on there for anyone who's interested. The Instagram is simply at Bipolar Recorder as well. If you enjoy this show, remember to rate, review, and tell a friend. It sounds simple, and it is. And it's also such an incredibly helpful way to support this project. Thank you all for your continued support. My name's Hunter Keegan. Have a safe and mindful day, evening, or night, wherever you are. Bipolar Recorder is a listener-supported show. To help keep the show running, consider checking out our Patreon page or visiting BipolarRecorder.com. Bipolar Recorder is not a substitute for therapy or professional medical intervention. If you are having a mental health crisis, please contact your local emergency services.